I want to talk about the bird flu this morning because it's gone under the radar a little bit and there's a new strain spreading in the country that we should be aware of. The strain called H5N1 spreads uh, most easily between birds. Now, according to the World Health Organization, H5N1 has been spreading among poultry and wild birds for 25 years. However, recently the WHO said recent incident of infections in mink, otters, and sea lions need to be monitored closely. The WHO says the risk to humans remains low for now. We haven't talked about this maybe as much as we should, though, so let's do that now. Dr. Shan Sharif is a professor and associate dean with the Ontario Veterinary College at the University of Guelph and joins us now. I appreciate the time today. Good morning, and thank you for having me. So how concerned should we be about this specific uh, strain of uh, the bird flu? Uh, so, Devin, as, as you mentioned, at the moment, uh, the, li- the risk for transmission to humans is rather low. Uh, but uh, I, I think uh, this, this particular strain of virus has already served us notice that uh, it's adapting to mammals. Uh, again, as you indicated, it's already jumped from avian species to mink and also to sea lions. And it appears to have been transmitting uh, among mink and sea lions, which is quite disconcerting. Has that sort of, uh, you know, switch or evolution happened before? Uh, it has actually in the past. Um, uh, this, this virus has been around for at least more than two decades. In, in the past, it has jumped from poultry to human. But humans primarily have served as, I would call them, terminal hosts, meaning that uh, they would not be able to transmit the virus to other humans. It has also jumped to uh, companion animals, to dogs and cats in the past. And again, dogs and cats are not able to transmit the virus. So transmissibility is really key here. If the virus gains the capacity for transmission among mammals, then I think we are going to be probably uh, confronting yet another pandemic. What would that uh, pandemic mean or look like in that sort of a situation? So, unfortunately, the pandemic is probably going to have, um, I, I don't want to uh, fear monger here, but, uh, but that pandemic could have uh, grave consequences for, for humans because uh, case fatality rates of this virus could potentially be very high. At the moment, we have no evidence that it could cause mortality in humans because, it, like I said, it hasn't really done a lot of jumping around from, uh, from avian species to mammals and 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 more importantly there there's only a handful of individuals uh, who have contracted the virus uh, but that has been primarily because of uh, prolonged and extensive exposure to poultry that they've contracted the virus so we don't really know if this virus is going to be extremely lethal for humans but if it if it's indeed lethal for humans and because of the fact that it could gain the capacity for transmi- transmission among humans then we could be looking at a pandemic that um, that we haven't seen for a very long time. What would that pandemic look like in terms of what would the last sort of pandemic like that one be? I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to probably you know, refer back to the 1918 pandemic, the so-called Spanish flu, uh, that led to um, a lot of human death, um, over over 50 to 100 million deaths in, in uh, around the globe. Um, we, we should be prepared, you know, for all um, all sorts of scenarios. And one of the scenarios, uh, even though, you know, at the moment, the likelihood of that scenario may be low, is the possibility that this virus could be 
something of um, of the 1918 pandemic uh, flu magnitude. And if that's the case, then uh, there are a lot of things that can be done now. And I think, you know, at the moment, this is not the time to panic. This is the time to get ready and be prepared. Like anything else we do uh, in public health, it's not a threat at the moment, but it has the capacity and potential to become a threat in the future. What will you be looking for in terms of next steps for the strain and what it could mean in a number of different ways? Uh, so first of all, the most important thing is to uh, do more extensive surveillance of the virus, especially among uh, mammals, because we want to know whether or not this virus has gained the capacity for transmission among mammals. Surveillance of poultry is another part, and surveillance of other birds like waterfowl and generally speaking migratory birds is another very critical component of our um, our strategy and emergency preparedness and response to, to the virus and also surveillance of the environment because the virus is potentially shed from migratory birds it goes into the environment and then um, other animals including mammals will contract it so that's one very critical part of this and the other critical part of this is also to do surveillance of humans just to ensure that humans don't catch the virus and don't transmit the virus. And then on top of that, we need to have a toolbox. And as part and parcel of the toolbox, we have to have vaccines and uh, put in place good vaccine candidates, good platforms for production of vaccines and have search capacity for producing vaccines if and when needed. And what I mean by this is that uh, both vaccinating poultry and also vaccinating humans if and when needed. Hopefully we would not need that, but... I guess, you know, time will tell. We will follow with interest. I certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. You're most welcome. Thank you. That's Dr. Cheyenne Sharif, Professor and Associate Dean of the Ontario Veterinary College at the University of Guelph.